This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirt Breakaway. We now have theme music, and it's, hey. and uh, David Bowie's no longer alive, and I'm I'm pretty wow. sad about it. Just calling it out right off the bat, Greg. Jeez. Say hello. I don't think I can follow that up. That's just some morbid shit you walk us into. Here. <laughs> I mean, I've just got to get the bad out of the way so we can talk about the good, Greg. That's what we do here. Well, you know what I should have done. I should have prepared like ten david bowie puns for this podcast oh we may really missed an opportunity here it's pretty yeah. bad hey i had to wear college basketball tonight. that's I true in, in the words of the now eliminated kirk cousins you like that you like that <laughs> you like that all right yeah. anyway welcome to another wonderful week of blue shirts breakaway we're here recapping the wonderful ranger week where we got a point in every game okay hey. hey look at us Look at that. Greg, let me ask you a quick question. Is this, is this the first time we're actually happy to do a podcast in the last seven weeks? Um, yes. Yeah, that's the correct answer. Good job <laughs> by you, buddy. Uh, Great. Uh, I'll take um, stupid pickup lines for 800, Alex. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this, but I'm going to take it. Uh, okay. Let's start with the Edom trade. Yeah, that's kind of how we got our week started, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was surprising news. There was a lot of reports coming out that said there was going to be some sort of transaction. They sent, well, them, down, they sent them down to the AHL for some conditioning, getting those cheeseburgers off the grind. Yeah, for all of an hour. Yeah. It was the shortest conditioning trip ever. The joke after the trade was no one. Had, I had no idea our AHL affiliate played in Vancouver. Incredible. And uh, we seem to trade with Vancouver a lot these days, or maybe I'm making that up. Um, oh, coaches. That's what that was. Yeah, um, I was about to say. This is like the first Ranger Canucks trade I can remember in a long time. I got you with that coach's backup. But uh, hey. we traded for Nicholas Jensen. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty sure much a, a nobody and a non factor. And a sixth, sixth round draft pick. That being said, I would have said that about Jason Megno a week ago. We'll get to him. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, if you're following us on Twitter, which you should, or Instagram, you seen, or Facebook. You would have seen. <laughs> You would have seen my initial reaction to the trade, which was simple. Uh, Edom wasn't the most important part of that Haglund deal. The most important part of that Haglund deal was the second-round pick that became Ryan Grupp, and that's going to be the end-all, be-all of how valuable that trade is. Edom was a young player that had intriguing abilities but hadn't seemed to put everything together, and that's exactly what the Rangers got, a player with intriguing abilities that was never able to put it together. He struggled in training camp. He couldn't stay in the lineup. He was always a healthy scratch. When they put him into the lineup, he was usually a non-factor. He had no goals with the Rangers. I think he had four points total. He was a negative on the ice. And the player they got back from the Canucks is basically Emerson Edom with a little less talent, which is Jensen. He's another guy Same age. who... Had big, big numbers in the OHL. He had two 50-point seasons out there in the OHL. 
but he's literally done nothing of note in the NHL except a few moments on the ice where you're like, oh, he could be something. And, you know, he's already had a really nice goal in uh, Hartford. He scored a game winner, I think, uh, over the weekend that got a few people very excited. So he's a 22-year-old winger that could be something or could be nothing. He's the kind of guy where you're just like, eh, put him in Hartford, see what happens. If nothing comes of it, oh, well. The pressure's on Ryan Grupp to prove that Hagelin trade to see if it's worth anything. And at the same time, we should mention, it's not like Carl Hagelin's lighting the world on fire. I think we've mentioned that multiple times. Although we do miss him with the chemistry, the money, uh, having that salary cap does help us a lot in the future. We couldn't pay him in the first place. Over and over, we could talk about that. Right. Uh, It made sense at the time. They got a good player out of it in Grupp. Let's see what Grupp can be. We can evaluate that trade in a year or two. It's worth it to note that the sixth-round pick is in the 2017 draft. Sure. I mean, but at the same time, every now and then you get lucky in the sixth round. Who knows? I mean, Hank himself was like a fifth-round pick. So Yeah, I think he was actually later than that. I could be wrong. I could be totally lying. Uh, Definitely after the fifth round, somewhere in that neighborhood. So let's let's talk about that Stars game, which I thought we were going to get annihilated in. Which Oh, we had no hope. You and I sat on this podcast. We're like, we're not getting a point this week. This is going to be great. We're going to die. And then uh, suddenly, the Rangers come back to life. Start playing. We're goals. Stefan just looks like his old self. Starts, he won a lot of face-off, looked hungry. That whole line looked hungry. Even Nash got up for that game. Megna comes out. A bolt of lightning against the Stars. Has his first assist on the first goal. He, he had a goal in that game too, didn't he? he or did, uh, it was an empty netter, I'm pretty sure. It was the last hey, goal of the game. Well, hey, it hey, hey, it's your first it NHL goal. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah, Magna, Magna's look good. Uh, you, <laughs> the, the poll our first Phil Simmons of the podcast. We, we were talking it. about this <laughs> off air. Um, but Magna's noticeable when he's on the ice. He provides a jolt of life. And, you know, Vino's not wasting any time. He's putting him on the second line. He's playing with Nash and uh, Stefan. Which, when you told me that, I, I didn't believe it. I was shocked. I mean, he's earned it. Yeah, I, sure. It's two games, and uh, I mean his leash has to be incredibly short. I'm not saying if he struggles for like even a three game stretch, he deserves you know more time. But they're throwing him into the fire, and you know what? He's responded very nicely. I think uh, bringing him up to the team actually sort of lit a fire under the Rangers in a way because he was just playing so hard, and like his life depended on it. Because frankly, it, it does. You know, he can make a name out of himself for this. He, he can stick around in this club. I hate doing this example. Um, okay. Because, but I know the Mets better than I know anything. I know so that, and I think I think people I, who listen to this might know that too. Megna coming up was kind of like when the Mets traded for Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe. Not that exact same thing because Johnson and Uribe have track records, and you kind of knew what you were getting when you got them. But when the Mets made that deal, it sent shockwaves through the entire roster, and Terry Collins spoke every man in the eye and told them. You're not performing. You're not playing. And when Megna came up, I think that was Rangers front office and Vino saying the same thing. You're not performing. You're not playing. I will give this kid a chance, and I know he's going to work his ass off to stay in this lineup. And that's exactly what Megna's done, and give him credit for that. Speaking of which, uh, he stayed in the lineup over Oscar Lindbergh tonight. Yeah, that uh, we'll we'll get there. Okay, let's, let's, we'll let's get go there. game at a time because you and I had a discussion about we, that move as well. We but, did. Um, I, I, I do like this, and when we get to the Lindbergh news, we'll talk about another player that, if, again, if you follow us on Twitter, you saw some opinions we had about <laughs> okay, him. Okay, no, enough shame, shameless plugs till the end of the show. I will not. Then, then we'll give our, our nice little thanks and our shout-outs. Uh, so let's get to this Capitals game. I thought we were also going to get demolished in this game. We were down and to... We, 
two nothing. And we were getting demolished. Oh, it yeah. wasn't even close. Into the third, I was sitting there like, "There's no way we're gonna win this game. There's just there's just no chance." You and I talked after this game, and first of all, before we get to our final opinions, uh, holy shit, we scored three goals down two zero in the third period, and we had a three two lead. I, what the fuck? I was ecstatic. I was jumping up and down. I pulled my pants down. I walked around. I sat back down. It was a great time. Uh, I, uh, where was I going? I was going somewhere. That was, I was going to SSU. I had another basketball game to do. And as soon as I got the let's fucking go text from you, <laughs> I pulled the feet up in my car, put it on the dashboard. Right. Shouldn't be saying this because I'm sure a cop's going to listen eventually and I'll just get a ticket. Oh man, you, you, you've almost got arrested on this podcast three times. It's been seven weeks. I love it. That's why people come here and listen to me because I have crazy stories and that's I live I, life on the edge. Yeah, that's us. Um, but yeah, you, you sent that to me and I was like, there's no fucking way. As soon as the game was two over, I watched the first two periods at home. I was like, well, time to go to work. Don't have to watch the rest of this game. It's a loss. Go to work. That starts happening. And then the last one minute of that game and two minutes of overtime happened. Now, now let's take a minute. I got sad, confused in my pants. I also got sad, confused in and around my body. But that being said, let's take a minute and really break down that last minute of that game. So I was watching this. Now, the Rangers, they ice the puck, which is fine. Capitals have an empty net. Uh, that happens in that situation a lot of the time. But Vino has a timeout. Doesn't take it. Does not take it. I, not wise. No, you, you don't get to use that timeout in the next game, as far, nope. as, I, as, far as I'm concerned. Or as and you don't save it for overtime, especially I, when you're winning. No, and you don't save it for overtime. And the Rangers couldn't make a switch. Everyone on that ice was tired. And Honest question. Honest question. Shoot. Did Vino know he had a timeout? Yes. He did. Now, him saying he knew he had a timeout and him actually knowing he had a timeout feel like two different things to me. I can't, because I can't say I've he didn't know. I've seen Vino use enough timeouts smartly before to know that if he was aware that he had a timeout, he was probably going to use it in that moment. And then it confused me that he didn't, to a point where, how often do you even realize your team has a timeout in hockey? Few. Not often. Because not often do you think, wow, this is a good time for a timeout. It's not something you think about when you're watching a hockey game. But I think every Ranger fan collectively was like, now would be a great time to use this timeout. And Vigneault's like, I don't know what you're talking you about. You mean with five seconds left with six guys uh, versus five guys on the, on the ice when, by the way, you haven't had a switch in two minutes? Yeah, maybe that should have been the time to use the timeout, Ryan. Vino, you think that's a good time, buddy? Um, here's the thing, right? So the Rangers lost the game in overtime. We all know that. Let's skip ahead here. No, I'm not skipping ahead. I'm refusing well, to no, let you no, go I'm ahead. Not, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm staying on this game. I'm Fine. just saying the final score is three. To, I don't need to break down every goal for everyone. Oh, we all I want to break down that final goal, goal, to be honest, because something there's other things that made me angry about that third goal. Well, here's here's the thing, though. Honest question. If I had texted you at the end of the second period with the Rangers losing 2 nothing and seemingly looking lifeless on the ice, Ryan, I can guarantee you we're going to get a point from this game. I'm not going to tell you how we get a point from this game. Do you accept or do you decline? What would you have said? <laughs> what? What are you? That's like asking me if I right. want a slice of pizza. Right, right. <laughs> you would have gladly taken the point in that situation. We're playing the one of the hottest, either them or the Panthers are the hottest team in hockey. They're running away with the Metropolitan Division. We were down 2 nothing going into the third period, looking completely listless. And 
we got a point from that game. So I am livid on one hand that we fucking blew it and didn't get two. And on the other hand, I'm ecstatic because we probably didn't even deserve one point. These and we got it. Guys. It was the most confused I've ever been about a hockey game I've ever had in my life. That being said, I will go back to the third goal, which I would like to talk about very quickly, where Nicholas Backstrom is standing in front of Henrik Lugwist, and Lugwist is standing up, not guarding himself at all, and no one's actually there contesting Backstrom at any point in time. It, it's kind of every problem we've had with the defensive units over the past four weeks, um, microcosmed into one moment. It was, and out of the face-off, I was like, five seconds left, how could we lose this? And, they found a way. And they found a way. Backstrom's just, just right there, unguarded, screening Lundqvist. How is he there? Like there, there, are, there are two people on the ice you have to take account for at all times. Ovechkin and Backstrom. They're otherworldly, great players, all-stars every year. I mean, Ovechkin is an all-timer. I... But Backstrom is probably one of the more underrated players in hockey because he plays on Ovechkin's line and people just forget about him. But he's arguably one of the top five centers in the NHL. So I don't know how you just lose him on the ice unless you've been playing defense like the Rangers have been for over a month, which seems to be uh, don't ask, don't tell. Yes, I agree with everything you just said. And I would like to add, it's just impossible for me to think that you could just leave someone with five seconds left off a face off just in front of Lunk with screening him but uncontested. Like, isn't that when you use or like that's the one guy you have to cover? He's Ryan the one guy that can make a play, that can knock the puck in. I mean, him and Ovechkin. You got to account for both. Fine. Like, obviously, you put two guys on Ovechkin, but you got to keep a guy on Backstrom. Like, make Justin Williams beat you yeah. in that instance. Right. I know Justin Williams is Mr. Game 7. He's great in the playoffs, yada, yada. But you got Ovechkin, you got Backstrom. Those two obviously can't beat you. Make Justin Williams do it. Put him on the pr- put the pressure on him. If he's not – like – if Justin Williams scored, there you go. Well, I, I guess it was meant to be. But to leave Backstrom open in front of Lundqvist and just have free reign is uh, it puts the mind in a bottle. It's uh, it's very tough to watch. And in the, in overtime, Stefan almost put one in. It was a heartbreaker that he missed it, hit the blade of Holpe, and then as soon as Ovechkin took that puck down the ice, like maybe ten, ten seconds before that he scored, he's just an otherworldly talent. And if he was on my team, I would love him dearly. But I hate his guts. I hate ah, everything is, about him. <laughs> he's he's the definition of if he's on your team, you're ecstatic, and if he, you're playing against them, you want to murder him. Uh, I, yeah, like if I was I was actually talking to some uh, to our mutual friends at this point in time, and I said to them, if Ovechkin was on my team, I would love everything he does. I love how he he shit talks Henrik after he scores on him. I love like I I love the way he plays the game. I love how aggressive he is, and but I I can't stand him. I can't stand him at all like, as a Ranger fan. Uh, yeah, he's he's the worst. He's uh, No, take that back. Take that back. Well, I mean, he's the worst because he's not a Ranger. No, like, no, no, no. Sidney Crosby's the worst. Sidney Crosby's not a person. I don't even <laughs> count him. We're not justifying no. him? No, Sidney Crosby's a bitch. Okay. He's a baby man, back we, bitch. We are going crazy he, in today. This has been he, a good app. <laughs> no, Ovechkin's a man, and I give Ovechkin credit. Oh, I have respect for Ovechkin as, as a player. I have no respect for Crosby. He's just a little whiner that wants everything to go his way and woe is me and, oh, I got blown on, so I need to fall down and fake an injury. No, 
No respect for Crosby. At least Ovechkin gives and takes big hits. Oh, so. Ovechkin <laughs> would play on a broken leg if he had <laughs> He's dirty, Crosby man. Crosby can't even play with a broken nail. He's disgusting. And you know what? We're going to see that team again actually coming up uh, in about two seconds. But let's talk quickly about this Boston game. Let's do it. Uh, I watched all of zero minutes because, again, I was working. I know, but luckily for you, I watched this game. Your boyfriend, Chris Kreider, actually ended up whiffing uh, on a puck mid-ice, which almost led to a one well, did lead to a one-on-one opportunity that almost led to a goal. Thanks, to, like thanks to puck luck, they did not well, score. Hold on. While, uh, while we're talking about this, let's talk. this is where we talk about the Lindbergh stuff. Oh, yeah. Before, let's get to before that. the game, you know, the news came out that Lindbergh was going to be the healthy scratch, and we had an idea this was going to happen because in practice on Monday, Lindbergh was skating as the extra defenseman, and that's usually... Uh, the sign that he's not going to suit up. A um, couple reactions to that. One, Lindbergh, yes, went through a very long scoring drought that he snapped against the Capitals. Uh, I think it, it got to 12 games with Lindbergh without a goal. A Finally was able to broke it. But to Lindbergh's credit, I think it was more bad luck than it was him playing poorly. He kind of got abandoned on his line from anyone that could help him. And he was a man on an island, and he's just not the kind of player that's going to be able to create his own shot. Two. He's also a rookie. Kevin, he's also a rookie. You're going to go through scoring drafts as a rookie. That kind of happens. Two. Kevin Hayes came back to the lineup the past week when Cryer was out. Yes, he scored a goal against the Capitals as well. But Hayes still played some very shaky hockey. He did not look like himself from a season ago. He still seems to be a step slow. Even the goal he scored, he scored it coming out of the penalty box after taking a really bad penalty that could have easily cost the Rangers um, from even getting a point in that game. So Hayes was a better option in my mind than Lindbergh. Uh, Hayes had an 18-game scoring drought before he scored, so you could have put him back on the bench, no problem. But I took the hot take route. Kreider would have been my healthy scratch. What has Kreider done? to prove that he should be in this lineup. What has he done to gain the respect of his teammates and to show that he's maturing and to play through his struggles? He hasn't done anything in my mind. And the only way you're going to get potential out of Chris Kreider is to teach him a lesson. Show him that life isn't going to be given to you on a silver platter. Earn your keep. If you want to be a star player, start taking responsibility for your bad play. And it seems like the Rangers are just going to keep Kreider in the lineup no matter what. And I don't think I'm okay with that. I think... I really, really thought that Kreider, especially over... Like, if the decision was gun to your head, Lindbergh or Kreider tonight, I would have taken Lindbergh. I wouldn't have hesitated about it. Oh, uh, I disagree. Uh, but then the game happened. Well, it's not like Kreider uh, had a great game. But he was he was playing very aggressive. He looked motivated. I'll tell you that. He came out and uh, he played a really like feisty game was taking hits and broke his stick uh, was for swinging too hard at the puck uh, made a pass to himself. That was kind of a mistake that led to another opportunity for the other team. I had like two pretty bad turnovers, but I, I'll be honest. Yeah, like, sounds like sounds like you played like a reckless player that probably shouldn't be getting a whole lot of ice time right now. I, I, I have a soft spot for him. It's been do- well documented by me. I believe he's my flair on Reddit. Uh, I'm all in on him, and I, I you have to give him the chance to play like he is because if he's I think, if, no, the on. thing is, well, Greg, if he's, if he doesn't play like the player he can be, we're not going anywhere, man. Like well, we're not winning anything thing. without him. Here's the thing: he's been playing like crap, 
and we haven't been winning. So if, if he's not going to help you, which he hasn't, and quite honestly, the Rangers have been winning in spite of him over the last seven games, or hell, they got three points against two of the top teams in the NHL with Kreider out of the lineup completely. I mean, that's a pretty good argument you got there. You, you got to... I, I get it. Uh, it's very easy to fall in love with the potential of Chris Kreider. That's the whole reason why Ranger fans are on board. We've seen him at his peak. We know what he can do. We've seen it before. The thing is, he's not doing it. He doesn't seem to have the attitude to change it. And you're not going to, you're not helping yourself if you're just playing him out there, hoping blind luck eventually kicks in and he just turns it around. It ain't going to happen. So you got to, you got to start looking for other means of production. And that's why I like them bringing up Jason Megna, not just bringing him up, but giving him a realistic chance to make a difference by putting him in on the second line. I don't think – Lindbergh had just scored a goal. If Kreider was coming off a hot streak, sure. I'm, of course, this, this conversation is not happening. problem is Kreider's in the biggest slump of his career. Oscar Lindbergh has been a very productive rookie. I'm going to go with the very productive rookie over the guy who's ice cold right now because right now we need points, and I can't afford to play cold players in my lineup when I desperately need points. I'll eat my words on, on next week's podcast, but I feel a pretty big week coming for Kreider. I will hold you to it. I will. I, will I just think this week he's going to get it together. I think he's going to have a really impactful game against the Islanders where he's usually a strong player and is really physical and is able to handle some of their more physical players themselves. Uh, and I just I have a gut feeling he's coming back this week. I, uh, hold me to it and yell, me, yell at me next week. But Let's make a flare bet. If uh, if Crowder doesn't have the week, I'm changing your flare on Rangers Reddit. Okay, so, uh, to what? <laughs> I will tell you Okay. when I think of something good. Sounds good. I, right. I can't think of anything. Sounds oh, Tanner Glass. I'm going to change it to Tanner Glass. Fair enough. And I, I've got – it's been well documented also that I've come around on Tanner. Well, either way. Oh, I know you didn't watch the game tonight, but Tanner had a great scoring chance. But it needed score, but – well, it's Tanner Glass. It was like, Just be happy he had the chance. I, I'm going to be I can't imagine like how many times. I, there's been so many times over the past few weeks, Tanner Glass has had a breakaway chance. Like, how does that happen? It's happened he, like five or six times. He's kidnapped Chris Kreider's speed. <laughs> also, maybe defenses just don't respect Tanner Glass, and they're like, sure, go, yeah, whatever. Do whatever you got to do, buddy. Whatever, man. We'll uh, see you on the other side. So we ended up winning this game. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice because it was a second straight game. The Rangers went into the third period trailing and actually took a lead. Jasper next makes a nice little uh, Jasper. Jasper fast. He uh, Jasper. he makes a nice little puck hit out of the air, scores the goal, and gets the bro- was, gets the broad. I actually I saw the replay of it. I did okay. watch the highlights. Um, I need someone to break down the physics on how Jasper was able to redirect that puck, not just on net but behind Rask and in the goal. Yeah, because. That puck was going a solid five feet wide of the net. <laughs> it mean, was not even close. Good on him, right? I mean, great on him. He's More been uh, he's been a little bit disappointing this year. We've talked about that multiple times. How Jasper has been kind of invisible, and I still I still feel that way until he scores these goals. Hey, uh, I have nothing else to say beyond good job, kid. Thanks before, for the win. Before Big we point. move on to our preview of the next wonderful week of games, by the way. Such a good time for uh, really good Ranger hockey, as long as we're winning, right? Uh, right. Let's talk about that miracle Hank save real quick. Holy guacamole. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. I'm sorry. I don't know how he did it. 
Yeah. I really don't. Um, it, it, it was kind of uh, Julie the Cat-esque, if I do say so myself. Wow, what is that a reference to? Mighty Ducks, bro. Come on. Oh, my God. I'm such a bad person. Wow. How do you have a hockey podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's so much stuff I have to edit out today. Oh, my God. I can't. You're not editing out that part about Julie <laughs> No, no, no. That's staying. Give me the way you're shame. I will wear the shame. I'm sorry, everyone. I just lost uh, a lot of a lot of respect for myself. Yeah, I, I'm. I need to. I need to rethink about who I'm hosting this podcast with. We'll talk. I'm we'll gonna talk. have to get Jeff Belensky on the horde and do it with a devil's face. Oh no. no! Oh no! All right, go Only- on. So uh, Henrik makes this amazing save, gets his skate, and and snipes this puck out of the air. Vintage Hank. Vintage. It's it's like he's a god. You know what? We got we got two or three years left of prime Hank. Enjoy while it lasts. Every now and then, he just reminds you that he is on another planet in terms of goaltenders. It's him and maybe three other people on a given year. And Price. when he reminds you of that, you're just like, hashtag blessed. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag blessed. Speaking of hashtag blessed, we get to play the Islanders on this Thursday. This uh, oh, they're not having a good time either. Right? No, they're not. But Islanders, it, it, like Islanders, Rangers, it doesn't matter if the Islanders haven't won a game all year. They just turn into another beast. No, I know. And you're right when you say that, but I will say that they recently lost to the Flyers 4 to nothing. That was not good. And uh, I, read, uh, I read some articles from a beat writer of the Islanders that said they, it was embarrassing that they even showed up to the game. Well, I don't think they did show up to the game. <laughs> no, like, they, like physically. <laughs> well, I don't. I, I said what I said. I don't know if they showed oh, up. That, to the that's game. true. I didn't watch, and who, who could tell us? But uh, um, yeah. Say- well, I mean, th- see, here's the good thing: the Rangers have been such, on such a cold streak. It's great that the teams below them in the Metro have decided to just lay an egg. Oh, but I will say this: uh, the Hurricanes, by the way, are I think are in seventh place or sixth. Yeah, seventh place in the Metro. They have 43 points. The Rangers only have 51. It's going to be a race to the end with every team in this di- in this division. There's a lot of hockey left to be played, that's for sure. No, yes, for sure. I mean, the Islanders have 49 points, the Devils have 47, and the Penguins have 45. The Penguins, you and I, I don't know, we called this before the season started. We did. We were like, this team's going to suck. Because you can't win with only four players. I tried explaining this to a friend of mine that is actually a Penguins fan, and she's like, we're never going to lose. We have Crosby, Kessel, Latang, and Malkin. And I was like, great. You have nobody else. You legitimately have nothing else. For two minutes, you're, you're incredibly scary. Correct. Yeah. You, you, for a third of the game, you will be a threat. And then for the other two-thirds of the game, you're playing replacement-level hockey with replacement-level players. Just doesn't work out. And that's exactly what they've been this year, man. I feel like we haven't seen them in a while. Uh, we have not. It's been a while. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a while. It's been a while. But uh, I'm sure we'll see them soon, I'm sure. I'll check the schedule later. But, yeah, we'll uh, probably play them four times next week. <laughs> of course. Uh, so we have the Islanders coming up. I think that's going to be a really tough game. Here's a fun fact. Uh, Tavares like only has 29 points on the season. The exact same as Rick Nash. Would not have thought that. No, didn't think that was coming, right? Acaposo actually leads the team with 31, but they're both minus six players. That's Sorry, right. Did you add an O to his name? Did you say Acaposo? I did. Like Acapoco? Ucapusu. Palo Alto. Oh, man. Yeah, we're on fire tonight. Oh, bro. this has been a this has been a burner. All timer. This is an all timer. I'm sure we'll we'll gain uh, at least or lose somebody for this one. Uh, uh, I, we have 13 followers currently on Twitter. I expect to get down to 11. <laughs> God bless us. Uh, I think I I feel really good about this one. I know the last Islander game was a 
probably the funnest game I watched all year, honestly. I'll never feel good about an Islander game. I know. It's just that simple. I know. Oh, well, here's something you will feel good about. Saturday we play Philly. I do feel good about that because I love beating Philly. Wayne Simmons is third in points on their team. He is Hate officially him. a negative 11. Hate him. Yes. I can't stand him. Yes. What, remember when the Flyers were not just good but like a threat every year? Yeah. What happened? They overpaid their defenseman and traded for Delzato? Something, something, Chris Pronger, something, something. Okay. Uh, yeah. Something, I... Vinny LeCavier, too? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Really bad times in Philly. Uh, I think that'll be uh, hopefully an easy game for us. They have tough. They're gonna have a tough time handling us. Just never first. an easy game, just because it's a rivalry game. But at the same time, be stunned if we lost, which means we're gonna lose by six. Uh, if we lose by six, I'm changing your flair on the Met, on yeah, the Met, on the Met subreddit. <laughs> uh, what is my? I think my flair is the face of Edgardo Alfonso on the Met subreddit. Right, I don't think I could ever change that. I'm so sorry. I mean, he's a, he's fun. Dude, he's a nas- he's a national hero. Um, national treasure. A national treasure. Uh, in the spirit of hard games, on Sunday, on a back-to-back, we play the Caps. Oh, good. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> the Caps oh, right now oh, lead the league in points with 67. They've only allowed 90 goals, and they've scored 139. Yeah, I want to play them after I've played the Islanders and Flyers and have bashed my head into the glass for 90-plus minutes. <laughs> yeah. That, that sounds great. That one doesn't that feel good. Fun. You. After you play the Flyers and you have like a tough division game, 25 hours later you play the Caps. That, are, smells, like a, that smells like a shutout. Who are the second hottest team in hockey, as you said earlier. They're, they have a, uh, I don't think it's a seven-game win streak, but they obviously just tie with us. Um, they have a four-game win streak, and they're 8-1-1 and in their last ten. Jesus. Uh, this is the trip where you have to play Ronta on Saturday. Have to do it. Oh, must be done. There's, and there's he's got, no way you put Ronta in there against the Red Hot Caps. What are you, crazy? Or, or you look at it this way. Do you put Ranta in on Sunday and just have Henrik in on Saturday? No, because you could beat the Flyers with Ranta and goal. You can't beat the Capitals with Ranta and goal. Oh, I like, know. I know what I was saying. <laughs> I, get, you know, I get it. You got you to gotta try. Okay. You can't punt the game. No, all right. You, like, the, you just told me Wayne Simmons is the freaking third leading scorer on the Flyers, and he's a negative 11 rating. I did say you that. You can beat the Flyers with your backup goalie. And you, you should not. Beat the Capitals with your backup goalie. I think that's what will end up happening. I'm actually, uh, I'm pretty excited for that game. I, I don't know if Vino has to call a timeout. He might think twice. Uh, I don't know, but that's gonna be pretty tough for him. Gonna be, gonna be close. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit of the best Rangers over the past week. I want to give a give a quick shout out to Victor Stahlberg. Good, good on you, buddy. He he's had, been feisty. He's uh, he had three goals in the last uh, three of the four games. I did not see that coming. Yeah, and uh, he's been playing really well. He's another person I originally thought. I was like, oh, why isn't he scratched? I was like, oh, because he's playing like a monster. Yeah, he's you know, a feisty little guy on that fourth line. He's basically like the new Boyle. Yeah, and I like that about him. He's, he's, he's yeah. a good player. Stefan's really uh, coming Brian back. Brian Boyle, I should say. Yes, I'm sorry. Brian. I think everyone knew that, right? I would hope so because Dan Boyle doesn't really count. Oh, okay. Well, j- come on. Dan, Danny's been good this year. He's, he's, I mean, Gra- Grandpa's fun and all, like, when it comes to story time, but as far as, like, stopping goals from happening, not great, Pop. Not great. We're actually the third oldest team in the NHL. I actually did not know that till today. Well, you know, we have Boyle, who's 120, and that really brings up the average age. That's just how uh, math works, right? Yeah. So, uh, before we end this podcast, I just want to give some shout-outs to some, uh, some people that helped us over the past couple weeks. Oh, how have we not even mentioned Ryan McDonough on this podcast? Oh, my goodness gracious, go, Greg. He's been incredible. He's been the McDonough of old. 
it's like he got a, he got selected to an all-star team he probably doesn't deserve to be on. And then he's like, wait a second, I'll play like an all-star. And he's done it. He's got, what, three assists in his last two games? I believe so. He's been amazing. He's been the two-way hockey player that Ranger fans have come to love and the reason why he wears the C. He's playing like the captain again. Very nice to see. Do you think the reason that is is maybe his foot was still hurting him for the beginning of the season and he kind of had to get his legs underneath him? I think it's totally possible. I think it definitely screwed up his off-season conditioning program. And I know that sounds like real cliche to say. No, that's real. It's a real thing. It takes a while to get your legs under you. And it clearly took McDonough a while to get his legs under him. It seems like. He's got his legs under him now, but he's still – he can't do it by himself, and he needs defensemen to help him. And Girardi picked up an injury tonight, and it might be uh, a blessing in disguise to get Girardi some more time off because he's still not playing like the Dan Girardi we've been used to seeing. And it might get McElrath back into the lineup, and it might get a look from a defenseman down in Hartford that's been playing quite well too. Uh, I'm very excited to have Rath back in the lineup. Like in a in a in a very big way, he is. I, uh, I miss him. I'm right there with you, and I think uh, the sooner we can get a look and see what Matt Bodie can do, I think the better off this team will be. I oh. think we can find out what he can do. Oh, look at that! You want to tell me a little bit more about Matt Bodie before we go? He's, he's not exactly the flashiest of prospects. Uh, in fact, I think most scouts across the league would have called him a non-prospect coming into the season. Okay. Kind of just kind of just an organizational filler. Um, but we've seen non-prospects become decent to key parts of the Rangers package before slash Dan Girardi. Like he was a non-prospect his entire time, but he's having, he's having a great year in Hartford and you know, like any triple a or AHL prospect, you got to take it with a cup of tea because he's playing against AHL competition, but you know, he might be able to breathe light into this Rangers defense, and I'm still on team trade Yandel because you need to get something of value for him before he becomes an unrestricted free agent and becomes too expensive for the Rangers. So say you can do Yandel and a pick for Druin in Tampa Bay, and then you bring up Bodie, and you let Bodie and McElrath fight it out for that sixth uh, defenseman spot. I I think that makes the Rangers a better team. I I agree with you entirely, except I made that exact same comment that you just made on Reddit, and someone corrected me saying the cap space doesn't work. The cap space does not work, but it's not far off. It would basically require, uh, I think it would require the Rangers to take back another million-dollar contract, and I think that's possible. I do not remember the player specifically mentioned by the New York Daily News, which is where I read the majority of the scenario from. But there is a trade that works that the salaries match up, but the main pieces would have to be Yandel and a high pick for Druin and basically cap a cap filler. But I don't 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 quiz me on who that cap filler is, but I know he exists. I mean I would love that trade. I would love that trade every day of my life. For the it, ne- for, makes- for the next couple seasons. It makes so much sense that it probably will never happen. That's but the then way, again, that's then the way again, life is, Greg. That's just the way life again, is. You know what else? The trade made too much sense that no one thought it would happen. Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson, and that deal happened anyway. Oh man, that's a good deal. I it it makes so much sense that I'm surprised someone picked up the phone and said, "Yeah, maybe." Yeah, you think so? You think this is it's good? Like Mike, someone got Mike Rock on the horn with NHL GMs, and he's like, "Guys." This is, this is inside baseball that no one gets. 
One person will get it, and that's all that matters. Okay. Anyway, before we go, I just want to thank some people for helping us out over the past couple weeks. Thank uh, you, people. We had Jeff Buddha did our theme song today. I'm really hey. loving it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Gives us that rock goal sound that I'm really you enjoying. Can, you can say he was he made the song under pressure. Oh my God! Rest in peace, David Bowie. <laughs> I did it. Thank you so I much. <laughs> I got I got one in there. Rest in peace, David Bowie. I uh, only started listening to you a few years ago, but you have been a uh, a wonderful treat for me my whole entire life. Uh, that also being said, I want to thank U.S. Marty from Reddit. He makes our podcast art. He's killed it. Uh, he makes great Rangers posters. You should check him out. And uh, you guys should follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, every social media of all time, and look out for our website coming next week. Uh, yes, and we will get better at this as we go along, and we'll hopefully stay as entertaining as we are. Well, today's, been, today's been an absolute maybe, shit show, so... <laughs> maybe going... I'll swear less, but I make no promises. No. Fuck yourself. Grow up. Wow, Jesus, Craig. <laughs> Jesus. I, I'm right. sorry. It's okay. That was me. I think we should have... Oh, uh... I think we should have a new sign-off because I think you and me have been oh, doing the build. Oh, my God. Alabama just onside kicked it and they recovered. I'm sorry. I'm doing two things at once. I'm sorry. No, That was unbelievable. No one cares about oh. college football but you. And maybe three, oh my God. Maybe half this podcast. I don't, I don't even care about college football, but respect. That was a freaking amazing play. <laughs> All right. Fine. All right. Well, we're going to oh, say goodbye Dabo. now, Greg. Dabo is angry. Dabo is angry. Greg, I have, a new, I have a new way. I have a new ending for us. You're Dabo for, is angry? Are, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Say goodbye, Greg. Goodbye, Greg. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save